Rising is cultivating community through conversations. We are integrating innovative ideas, relationships, and connections while raising creativity and collaboration. Today on Common Roots Rising, we're exploring this simple question. Should the state of Wisconsin establish a right to clean water to protect human health, the environment, and the diverse cultural and natural heritage of Wisconsin? Allison Warner from River Alliance of Wisconsin is with us today. Allison is the Policy and Advocacy Director at River Alliance of Wisconsin. A native of Racine, Allison joined River Alliance in April 2006 with an extensive background in watershed advocacy and environmental education. Before joining the River Alliance, she was the Executive Director of Root Pike Watershed Initiative Network. Allison travels around the state to provide training and support to the local river and watershed groups that work tirelessly to protect the waters of Wisconsin. She has a Bachelor of Science in Biological Aspects of Conservation and Graduate Certificate in Nonprofit Management, both from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Welcome, Allison. Can you tell me why this question, should Wisconsin establish a right to clean water, is important? Well, thank you for having me here and looking forward to having this conversation about the importance of water in Wisconsin. And, you know, Wisconsin, we are, Wisconsinites, we are so lucky to have so much water. It's bountiful in this state. And unfortunately, sometimes it means we take it for granted. Um, We've got so, you know, more lakes than Minnesota, right? And thousands of miles of streams. uh, And it's such an important part of our culture our heritage, our tourism, our economy, and just our tranquility in this state. And unfortunately, there are way too many Wisconsinites who are unable to drink the water out of their tap in their house today. And we have too many of us that when we go to recreate around the Wisconsin, we find things like toxic blue-green algae and other contamination issues that are preventing us from using this free resource we have that should be accessible to everyone to get to use. So we felt it was important to raise the profile of the importance of water in the state with this referendum question. What is this question then that you just mentioned? <laughs> well, so, you know, the question you brought up uh, at the beginning here to set the, the stage of should Wisconsin establish a right to clean water? We feel, you know, hopefully when people read that question on their ballot, uh, April 6th for Wood, Marquette and Portage counties, that'll have that question on their ballot we're hoping it's as we intended. It should be, you read that sentence and go, of course, we should have the right to clean water. And, you know, the reason we're putting this question on the ballot is, again, unfortunately, not everybody has that, that right now. And so we need more action from our state legislature to help provide the tools our local governments need, our homeowners and businesses need to achieve this clean drinking water that is so essential for all of us. Um, again, it you know, having that right to clean water, it should be a, a, a given, right? It should be a real easy thing that, of course, we all should have clean water, that we unfortunately don't have that here in the state of Wisconsin right now. 
is again something we want to raise the profile on to ask the legislature to take more action to provide that clean water we all so desperately need. So, so if you are a voter in Portage, Wood, and Marquette County, can you tell me what you can look for on, on the ballot for April 6th? Absolutely. Um, so on April 6th, whether uh, folks are going physically to their polling location or if they're going to do an absentee ballot, it, there's still plenty of time to request an absentee ballot from your local municipal clerk and vote that way. So on your ballot, uh, you're going to see a local county level referendum question. And again, the question is, should the state of Wisconsin establish a right to clean water to protect human health, the environment and the diverse cultural and natural heritage of Wisconsin? In Portage County, uh, they added the word economy to the question, which we think is wonderful because it is an important piece to the economy as well. And then it's yes or no. So the voters will choose. Yes, we should have a right to clean water or no, they feel we should not. We're hoping, of course, that overwhelmingly voters in these three counties will say yes. Access, ability to have clean water is important to all of us, and we need to do more to achieve it. So can you tell me, how did this initiative to have a referendum come about? It's it's an interesting story. So back in uh, summer of 2018, the Oneida County Board chose to put a referendum question on their ballot about whether or not the Lynn deposit, um, a mineral deposit owned by the county, should be developed for metallic mining or not. This had been a concern and a question in their community for some time. In 2017, the legislature changed our metallic mining laws to make it easier to do metallic mining in the state. And so the county board wanted to ask their residents what they, how they felt about this. And a referendum, you know, they're non-binding in the state of Wisconsin. So whether we vote yes or no on a referenda, you know, isn't a guarantee these things will happen unless it is a binding referendum, like our choosing to change levy limits and things for school boards and such to spend money. But the majority of the referenda in the state of Wisconsin are non-binding. And so it's a local poll. It's a survey. So communities, county boards use it often as a way to gauge public interest to help them make their decisions. And so the Oneida County Board uh, in summer of 2018 made the decision to put a question on their ballot for November of 2018. And River Alliance of Wisconsin, we've worked on mining issues for decades, trying to help protect our waters from potential pollution from metallic mining and or iron mining. And so we had some relationships in that community. Folks started reaching out about how, how do we work on a referendum? What, what can we do? How do we approach this? How do we organize? And they only had a couple months to pull this off. They did not, you know, it was, a, it was unplanned, you know, it was a surprise that this question was going to be put on their ballot. So they had to organize very quickly. So we helped behind the scenes with the local folks to organize that campaign. Uh, they created a, a, a local group called Protect the Willow because the willow flowage was most at risk if this deposit were to be mined. And so we focused on the positives. What was important with water resources in that in the Oneida County community? There are lots of lakes and rivers in that community. Water is an important part of their tourism economy and a lot of jobs in their community. So we talked with folks and focused on that message. And it was an election where they had about 88% voter turnout and 62% of the voters said they did not want that deposit mined. They, instead, they wanted to protect the willow in the waters 
in the existing water-based tourism economy in Oneida County. And so that was a very exciting win. And it showed what, you know, for Riverlines, we're a statewide organization. We've been around almost 30 years. We know people across the state care about water. It's not a partisan issue. And we, we work with people of all sorts of political stripes, rural, urban, everywhere in between. We know this is a universal issue that people care about across the state, but we're all not always comfortable saying that out loud and showing it. So we weren't sure what would happen in a county like Oneida County on an issue like this. So to see 62% of the voters say, we care about our water this much, we want our county board to know this is our choice, we, we learned a lot and we were inspired by being involved in that process. And we started talking about, could this referenda tool be used in other ways? And it's something the environmental community doesn't, we don't use this tool much. And we also watched the folks uh, who've been so amazing organizing the fair maps for Wisconsin campaign and using referenda and resolutions at the local level as their strategy. And it's, there seemed, we think, to be a fit here of, Again, finding out how local people feel about an issue as a way to take that result up to the decision makers to show them this is a place your community cares a lot about and would like to see more action taken. So really the idea then is to give the people in each county and throughout the state the opportunity to actually vote, to take a poll or a survey that then gets shared with the county leaders and, and the state leaders to stand up for clean water. Why, why go the route of this referendum? And also maybe you can say, and I, it seems like there's a, a focus in central Wisconsin, which I'm happy to be a part of. I'm, I'm just 10 minutes from the Portage County border here in Wapaka County, but I I'm, I'm definitely have a lot of friends in Portage County and a few in Wood as well. How did this get on the ballot in, in these counties? There's been so many actions to show our elected leaders that citizens, you know, our voters care about water. Uh, in 2019, you know, Governor Evers declared it the year of clean drinking water that raised the profile about these issues of, you know, folks around the state, there's about 80 communities that have, you know, lead contamination in their drinking water across the state. It's, you know, Milwaukee gets a lot of news about lead in their water, but it is a statewide issue. There's many communities dealing with that. Uh, There are parts of the state where nitrate is the issue in their drinking water. Other places, it's bacteria issues. So it was wonderful for the governor to put attention to the importance of clean drinking water. Um, you know, PFAS has become a, a newer issue, unfortunately, that is we're finding it more and more as communities are testing. You know, Rhinelander is probably your closest community that's dealing with how to handle the PFAS issue. So that was wonderful. It raised attention, got some more conversations going shortly after um, Representative Voss uh formed the Speaker's Task Force on Water Quality, which was another great opportunity to raise the profile on our water quality issues across the state. And 14 hearings were held all across the state of Wisconsin. Many, many people, hopefully some of your listeners, uh, showed up to their local hearing. And, you know, some of them lasted, you know, many hours of testimony, hearing from experts, but also local folks saying, Here's the water quality issues we're dealing with in our household, 
what's impacting our business, what's impacting our community. And it was a good education for the legislators on that task force who maybe didn't have the depth of knowledge on the issues all across the state. So after those two things of the year of clean drinking water and the speaker's task force on water quality, we said, okay, the, the legislature has been educated. They've heard all these issues. It's loud and clear. You know, many groups and individuals have been saying this for decades that we have issues here to address, but now they've taken the time to hear it. And we were hopeful that maybe some pieces of legislation out of that task force would start to move us in a better direction of addressing the issues that we need to address. So there were 13 bills proposed by the Water Quality Task Force. Some of them were great steps forward. A couple were not. A couple were steps backwards. It's politics and how it works of to get support on both sides of the aisle. They were some, you know, deals were made. But it was the first time in many years we at least saw some legislation that was looking to take steps forward on water quality issues. All those bills, 13 of them passed this assembly. 10 of 13 had bipartisan support. But then last year in March, um, our Senate chose not to act on any of the bills. And they had an opportunity. They were in session before things were shut down, rightly so, for COVID. But they had an opportunity, and the Senate chose not to act. And that's part of our timing and motivation moving forward here. We were, again, thinking about, is this a good refer- referendum, a good strategy? And when we saw that we just couldn't quite cross the finish line on even these sets of bills, that we needed more attention. We needed, um, you know, a way for the community of, you know, of Wisconsin, all of us to say, okay, apparently we need more attention, more political will to see action on clean water. And that's part of why we moved forward with this campaign. So really what you're trying to, what you're doing is you're bringing the issue of clean water front and center with our voters in across the state to um, give, give them a chance to express themselves in, in a enthusiastic, hopefully a very enthusiastic yes, because we absolutely all need clean water, so that our water is more protected. So can you tell me if I live in a county, uh, well, for example, I live in Wapaka County, next door to Portage County. If I'm interested in getting this on my ballot for 2022, I guess, what what are some things that I could start doing? Yes, our intention has always been that this uh, referendum campaign on the right to clean water is a multi-election cycle campaign. Um, We knew it would take some time to build some momentum. We are so grateful to Wood, Portage, and Marquette County boards for saying we will be first. We will take this step to talk about the importance of water for our counties, for our residents and our community. Um, but yes, we do hope other communities will be equally inspired. And many have reached out to us in the last couple months since we've started this campaign. Um, and so the, the first thing to do is, you know, it, it's like most things in, in our world. If you care about it, someone else probably cares about it, too. And we don't you don't need 50 people to help you. If there's a handful or if there's two, three uh, of your friends in your community who care about this issue, it's starting to have a conversation about who's on your county board, which county board supervisors care about water and would be champions for this issue, and to have a conversation with them 
about this to see if they would be willing to be the ones to craft the resolution to have the county board adopt a, a resolution about the referendum to put it on their ballot. April 22 is the next time where we will have an election cycle of significance where it would work to put this question on the ballot. Um, River Alliance has all the tools to help folks who are interested. We have a draft resolution. We've got a toolkit to help folks of how to work through the county board process and, and move forward from there. One important thing to note, if folks are inspired, and we hope they are, to, to work on putting this question on their ballot next year, is that the county board must take a vote 70 day, at least 70 days before the date of the election. So for like this April, it was the end of January. County boards had to take a vote in order to have enough time for the clerks to work to put the question on the ballot. So it also helps to start this conversation plenty ahead. Um, so we've got, what's nice is we have lots of time if folks are interested in next year. But just, again, start having that conversation with some folks you know that care about the issue Start talking to county supervisors. You know, you can reach out to River Alliance for support. And, you know, this summer and into early fall would be a great time to really then ramp it up towards starting to draft a resolution and take it through the committee process through the county board. If I want to get involved, how do I reach out to River Alliance and where do I find these resources? Well, we should maybe do a couple uh, of those details here. So, the first place people to, can go to learn about the referendum in general, so to see the language, see some of the information about why uh, we're doing this referendum, the things we've been talking about, is a website called VoteForCleanWater.com. So folks can go there uh, to get the general information about clean water now. On that website, there are two different buttons, as they call them, uh, on the website that people can click one is uh, get involved. If you want to be a local leader in your community, you click that get involved button, fill out a short form. That email shows up in my personal inbox and I will follow up with you to say, all right, I see you want to get involved with this and you're in Door County. Let's talk about how to make this happen in Door County. There's a, not, another button on the website. If you're not sure yet if your county uh, might be interested in this or not sure yet if you want to be a local leader, but still want to stay in the loop and know more about the campaign, there's a button called uh, More News and Updates. If you click that, you can sign up just to get our emails about Clean Water Now, and we'll keep some announcements going and such. But if you're interested, again, in being that local leader, uh, the Get Involved button is what you'll click. And then we'll have a conversation. I can get you all the resources you need. Uh, we haven't put the resources up on the website yet. Uh, with this being our pilot couple counties for the campaign, we want to get through the April, this April 6th, and then we'll likely put some resources up on the website going forward after we do some, some learning and evaluating. The county board members from Wood, Portage, and Marquette County must be, must have been a little more open to water issues and water advocacy to to decide to go first so can you can you just tell me a little bit about about them stepping forward and how that happened absolutely um there's some amazing leaders at the county level in those uh communities and there were many other counties that were interested for uh putting the referendum on the their ballots this april we are, as everybody knows, we're in a pandemic still, and there's some challenges out there. So there was definitely interest by others. Um, for these counties, um, 
several things came together. Um, one, there are county supervisors uh, in these in this part of the state that are p- part of a groundwater collaborative. And so county board supervisors and county staff have been meeting for some time to talk about their shared interest in groundwater issues, in water quality issues, and they're learning and collaborating with each other. So there were relationships and interests there. Synergy also happened totally separately from each other. Uh, Wood County uh, supervisors took the lead and did a resolution this that started the summer asking the Senate to reconvene and address those water quality task force bills. So they had been talking about on their own how do we keep attention to the need to address these issues, to let the Senate know we want to see more action from them. And so on their own, they started this. And that resolution, which is, you know, the the local government, you know, the municipality declaring their interests and sending it up to our, you know, the elected leaders above them, that resolution caught wildfire. And about 14 communities passed that resolution over a few months from summer to fall. Again, these were on just parallel tracks separate from each other, but it showed us which counties were interested in asking the legislature to do more for water. So we had already, we had some relationships in the Central Sands from our work in the past. We're very involved in the Central Sands Water Action Coalition. And so we are very familiar as an organization with the water quality challenges in the central part of the state. So it's part of where we just started some conversations to see if there was interest. But then again, these local leaders who took it upon themselves to do a resolution to ask the Senate to reconvene to address water quality. Serendipity happened, and uh, we started working together on the referendum as well. I didn't know there was a Central Sands Water Quality Coalition. I have a, I have a lot, lot, lot to learn about what's going on in the, in the local region, so it sounds like that's another group that I need to reach out to. The Central Sands Water Action Coalition is a great group that's been around for a long time, and we should plug their website. So centralsandswater.org. They go by CSWAC for short. And um, it is a coalition of over 60 water organizations in the the six Central Sands counties who've been meeting for years to talk about and strategize on you know, improving and protecting water quality and also quantity in the central part of the state, which has been a big challenge in, in the past. Very dedicated group of folks who've been working hard on those issues for some time. I come to my love of, of water because, well, I grew up uh, uh, with a lake in Wapaka County that my family had and loved fishing and being out on the water. And as I've gotten older, I've really fell in love with canoeing and kayaking and paddling. And I'm a huge paddling advocate. And I I didn't, I I was aware of a river alliance, um, but I haven't talked to anybody directly from the organization until this issue came across my path from my collaborator with Common Roots Rising, Rachel Barissa, I had reached out to her a couple of weeks ago and said, what are you working on? What's going on? We need to catch up and you know, see what's next for our Common Roots Rising group. And she said, oh, I'm really busy, Mark. I've, I've, uh, I'm trying to stay ahead of this uh, referendum for uh, clean water now. And, and I also understand there is a farmer initiative. Can you mention a little bit about that? Sure. So uh, 
We just step back just one beat of so I mentioned a little bit, but River Alliance is a statewide organization. We've been around since 1993. And what we do is work with local folks across the state to help them be the water champions, the water advocates they want to be. Um, and we have worked on nonpoint runoff as part of that work pretty much our entire existence. Because nonpoint runoff and nonpoint runoff being you know, what runs off our land. So your yard, your front lawn of your house, the farm field, the streets, you name it, what is running off uh, into our storm sewers and other, you know, places uh, on the landscape, that's nonpoint runoff. And it's the number one source of water quality, water pollution, water quality issues in our state. So it's something we've worked with communities to address for some time. And agricultural runoff, that is one of the biggest sources of that nonpoint runoff. And to be honest, River Alliance has evolved over our years of how we approach that issue. Um, I'm sure there are farmers who will talk about how we're an antagonistic organization and we're out to get farmers. And over our years, um, we've had lots of conversations with farmers and those in the cultural community. And, you know, kind of, you know, with your theme of the podcast here, we find lots of common ground. And more common ground than not. You know, agriculture is a huge part of Wisconsin's culture, heritage, economy. We are not looking to put farmers out of business. That is not our goal as an organization. However, we've also talked to enough farmers to know so many of them, of course, for what they do, there's a deep respect for the land and the waters connected to it. And there's an interest to innovate and do more to have those healthy soils and keep them in place because that's their investment. And by doing that, you're also reducing the runoff Keep you know, when you keep that soil in place. And reducing that runoff means those soils and the nutrients attached to them stay there as well. So we reduce water quality. So we've had many conversations over the years, and there's a lot of other organizations having similar conversations. There's an effort called farmer-led councils all across the state that keep popping up where local farmers in one watershed are talking to each other about what strategies they're using. And again, how can they innovate? How can they change? How can they find this balance of protecting their land and water quality while also meeting their goal economically? You know, they need to thrive as well. And so what's evolved for us is a program we call Clearwater Farms. And we are working with farmers who want to innovate and make those changes that, again, meet their interests in their bottom line, but also improve water quality. And we've certified uh, one farm so far, our first one in our pilot program, Miltrum Farms in Marathon County, uh, which was the first farm to be certified as a clear water farm. And we work with partners at Alliance for Water Stewardship who have a process certification to help, um, you know, again, certify that the farms are actually changing and doing these practices to achieve you know, better water quality as part of what they, they do. So there's a strategic plan and an audit from a third-party entity involved. Um, and we are so appreciative of Milton Farms for being willing to be the first farm to go through this process. Our, our intention is for other farms to be certified at all levels and scales. But also, you know, even if farms aren't certified, to really try to highlight those farmers who are taking these steps who are innovating, who are doing right by our lands and waters. 
we don't think enough people know about them. So part of our goal with our Clearwater Farm Program is to celebrate them and increase the awareness of what the agricultural community is already doing and wants to continue to do. Yeah, I really appreciate the idea of celebrating the farmers that are taking initiative and action. And I can tell you, uh, Rachel Barissa at Barissa Family Farm, she is a pasture grazing advocate. And, you know, she's she's the one that said, this referendum's happening and I've got to get on this. And then I jumped in and said, okay, well, what can I do? So that's why we're talking today. I'm looking forward to some future Clearwater Farm conversations with her and, and uh, you as well. I, Allison, can you tell me a little bit more about River Alliance and some of the other things that you do in addition to this Clean Water Now referendum initiative? Uh, absolutely. Um, my colleagues do such amazing work all across the state. Um, one of the issues we've been working on for many years is working to stop the spread of aquatic invasive species. So you're a paddler and, you know, you know, you know, if you're out on the river, if you go out on a lake and you might have, you know, a lot of invasive plant species taking over and making your trip kind of miserable. That's one of the issues we work on. We're, you know, especially with paddlers and anglers, we do a lot of education and outreach about how to clean your equipment to help prevent the spread. You know, for example, one of the issues going on in our state, a newer one, is the New Zealand mud snail. This itty itty bitty snail that yes came from New Zealand, most likely on the soles of wading boots. Uh, and because the western part of the U.S. where there's a lot of trout streams, this is where we saw the New Zealand mud snail early on. And the places in Wisconsin we see it are places like Black Earth Creek, which is a well-known trout fishing stream that's lovely. So we work on educating anglers and paddlers and other river and water lovers of how to clean their gear and how to help stop the spread of invasive species. Um, we also work with uh, the local river groups and water groups across the state to do trainings for their members. We do an annual snapshot day with partners where it's a one-day look at wh- what invasive species folks are finding all across the state. Uh, so that's one thing we, we do is work on the health of our waterways. Um, we've talked about our Clearwater Farms program. My colleague Michael uh, works with folks all across the state to again, work with the agricultural community about how to innovate to protect our waters. One of our newest initiatives is called the Wisconsin Water Agenda. And this is a big forward-thinking vision uh, we are undertaking with partners. A couple years ago, we started taking a deeper dive into how water is managed in the state of Wisconsin. And what we realized that, unfortunately, like many of our systems in our country and in our state, our water management system is broken. And we started thinking about, well, what if we could do a do-over? What if we could take a look at how we're managing water and say, what's our goal? If, you know, if we want all Wisconsinites to be able to have clean drinking water, to recreate in clean water, how do we better get there than how it's structured right now? So we pulled a group of experts together and had a year-long conversation about this. And we've come up with 12 principles of what would need to be the foundation of a better water management system. And what we're doing now is putting the wheels on all of that. We're taking a couple of them at a time and talking to folks across the state about how would we actually implement some of these ideas we have. Uh, One, for example, um, 
is what seems like a simple concept that we should manage water as it exists in nature. And for us, that means at a watershed level and actually a little bigger. When you take a watershed is all the land that, you know, when water hits that land, it's going to flow into a particular water body. If we take a couple of them together, they call them a basin. Um, it's kind of Department of Natural Resources and Environmental Protection Agency terms. But looking at a region, basically, of this land and water are connected together. What if we managed in a basin level and had a way for partners to work together more at all levels, from the local citizen group all the way up to state government decisions and agencies and counties, and we all worked together and had some funding and tools and teeth, as it were, to making decisions together. So that's one of the pieces of the puzzle we're working a lot right now. My colleague Bill Davis is spending a lot of time talking to folks around the state about that, which is really exciting. And one of the other principles was uh, we were working on the water agenda is having a statewide ethos on clean water. And that's part of the connection then between clean water now and that long-term vision we have is by having voters, you know, in Wisconsinites have this opportunity to declare this is clean water is important to them. It's part of building this culture and state ethos around clean water. Um, but we've we've been an advocacy organization for all of our years, so we're also about giving again an opportunity for people to have a voice to have a say and advocate for what matters to them around water. I, I know this greater advocacy for the watershed and the basins is something that um, we're very interested to hear too. One of my uh, initial co- collaborators that helped create Common Roots Rising, uh, her name is Kari Espeson, and she has been advocating for the idea of us creating a watershed Greenbelt in central Wisconsin to bring all this together. I know she and I would love to, in the future, know more about that as as well. Common Roots Rising, part of the initiative is create a good news network and a communication network and a bridging network to bring people together and understand that we don't live in silos of information and, and we, or in our world, everything is related and connected and the more that we can work together and and understand our connection and our impact on our environment and it, through all these different issues, including the economy, we're definitely in, in, interested in, in doing more with that. Can you tell me, I, I, I know I give a little bit of your background. You've been with River Alliance since 2006, I believe. Is that correct? <laughs> correct. But you've also were the executive director for a, a watershed called Root Pike Watershed. Um, so you've been advocating for watersheds and water for a long time. What continues to stoke your passion and inspire you towards greater service to water and the whole world? <laughs> Wonderful question. Um, and it's something actually uh, I've been thinking about a lot lately. Our, our, our Riverlines team, you know, we meet virtually and we have a question at every meeting. And we've been ta- we actually talked about this recently of just kind of reminding ourselves, you know, in these stressful times, what brings us to this work? And um, the Root Pike Watershed Initiative Network, you know, is in southeast Wisconsin. It's the Root and Pike Rivers are in Racine and Kenosha County, and that's where I'm from. I grew up near Lake Michigan, and so water's just been a part of me for a very long time. And, you know, Lake Michigan and the amazing beaches in Racine 
you know, they're a free resource for the community there. And as a kid, you know, even though that water is freezing cold, <laughs> we'd go in and as much as we could in the summer. And again, you know, if we talked about earlier about us Wisconsinites, we take this water for granted. It's just there. You know, there was a beach for free to use in those hot summer days whenever we wanted. Uh, but in the mid-90s or so, I was working at River Bend Nature Center, also in Racine, and our beaches there started being closed about a third of the swimming season. And Dave White, our executive director at the time, went to bring his family there from out of town to show them this glorious beach we have in Racine, and it was closed. And he came back and said, we need to do something about this. And I was on staff there at the time, and he actually, uh, he moved on and went elsewhere, but I just went to his virtual retirement party a couple of weeks ago. And I told him, it's that moment that set my career path, even though I didn't know it at that time, that many, many decades later, uh, here I am still working on these issues, because it's just this, again, this right to clean water that we should have you know, this is, again, a free, accessible thing for most Wisconsinites. It's something we shouldn't take for granted and is so essential for all of us. And it's, you know, that moment sparked it for me of this, you know, standing up for this issue, organizing folks in your community around how to make a difference. The The beach, by the way, in Racine went from a third of the season closed, and I believe it was about within five years or so, maybe 10, my memory in all these years, uh, it went to just being a handful of days closed. The city really stepped up. The health department director was very involved. The community really rallied around changing what happened with how water runs off towards the lake and the beach. And they made big change and they've stuck to it. And it's become quite a valuable asset to that community. And that's what we'd like to see in more and more communities across the state. And, you know, it's people like you who care about these issues. I've been at Riverlands almost 15 years and I've had the pleasure to meet so many people who, again, it's all it takes is one person in their community to say, all right, I see an issue. I want to do something about it. And it's so amazing to get to help them figure out how to take those actions and make those next steps and see the change they want, you know, in yeah. their community. Can you tell me again, um, if people want to get involved and get and, and get lots of yeses on this um, referendum in Portagewood and Marquette County, what are some things and some steps that they can do before April 6th? Absolutely. So, yes, if you are a resident, a voter of Portage, Marquette, or Wood County, um, we absolutely would appreciate that yes vote when you get your ballot. And if you want to tell friends and family and others, everybody you know about this question and why they should vote yes to having clean water in our communities and in our state, you can get information to share with them at voteforcleanwater.com. There is also Clean Water Now is, again, the name of the campaign. So there's a Clean Water Now Facebook page, Twitter account, and Instagram. So if social media is your thing, you can go to social media and find Clean Water Now. And if that's an easier way to share this information with friends and family, uh, you can go there to do that as well. But we sure would appreciate you, uh, you know, again, letting everybody you know about this opportunity to vote for Clean Water on April 6th. Beautiful. And after, if you live in those counties, after you vote on April 6th, we are, Common Roots Rising, this is going to be our, our first community initiative, is having a Wapaka River cleanup on May 1st. 
uh, we're partnering with the Fox Wolf Watershed Cleanup. And I, I saw that they were having a cleanup. I, it came through my Facebook feed a couple months ago, and I said, and I looked, and I said, there was nothing in Wap- on Wap- Wapaka River, and the Wapaka River feeds into the Wolf River, and it's part of the, the system. So we reached out, and we are now going to be doing a cleanup on May 1st. Maybe we can also do a little advocating for our 2022 uh, opportunity to vote in Wapaka County. So look forward to that. We'll be having some more added to our website very shortly um, on, on that event because we just found out that we got to participate. We, we, we got to add on. We said, we can't have this event without somebody doing it in Wapaka, right? So that's why we, we decided to get involved. Allison, is, is there anything else you would like to share with us today? Well, I just appreciate the time and the conversation. And and just on the last thing you said, I mean, thank you for stepping up to do a cleanup of your river. It's an important and simple thing to do. And, you know, we feel every time, you know, people get this opportunity to connect with their waterways, you just, you know, care about it more, want to protect it more. And I thank you for doing that because it's so important to go out there in the spring and do that. And so many folks uh, like the Fox Wolf Watershed Alliance is a wonderful organization and many other groups across the state do these cleanups in the spring. And it's, again, it's a nice way to connect with our rivers in the springtime uh, and, and help take care of them and just have that connection. So thank you for doing that. And again, for the the time today to have this conversation with you. I'm very grateful. Thank you. We look forward to the opportunity to vote on April 6th. Thank you for listening to Common Roots Rising. You can learn more about how we are cultivating community at commonrootsrising.org.